Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight, SmackDown was live from Pittsburgh, the hometown of WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle, celebrating his birthday tonight, 54 years old. Can you believe it? Kurt Angle out there wearing some old school merch, so I had to go dig it up. And uh, sure enough, this is the Kurt Angle shirt right here. I figured if there was a night to wear it, tonight's the night. This is the same Kurt Angle shirt that I bought over 20 years ago. And if I tell you how big this thing is on me, if you could see, I'm not going to stand up, but if you can see how big this thing is on me, it's comical. So it still fits, except it's too big. But uh, in the spirit of the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, former WWE champion, he was uh, there tonight to close out the show. Not just close out the show, he was in multiple segments on the show tonight. They milked this until the very last drop. Right up until the very end of the show. And they threw Gable Stevenson in there too. I forgot that he was even employed by WWE. I have completely forgotten about the guy. But there he was, Gable Stevenson on the show tonight. We had the undisputed tag team titles on the line. The Usos, for the second time in less than a week, defending their championships. Monday night it was against Matt Riddle and Kevin Owens. Tonight it was against Sheamus and Butch, Drew McIntyre, medically disqualified. From tagging with Sheamus tonight, so we had a little change in the match. And for the second time in less than a week, the Usos went out there and had a very good match. They're not going to win match of the week honors as far as tag teams go, but two very good tag team matches this week from the Usos. And then we had Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn next week is going to be on SmackDown in Chicago when Roman Reigns makes his return. How many times have we seen the Roman Reigns returns graphic put up on SmackDown this year? I feel like it's been uh, multiple times. Yes, Solomonster in his Olympic PJs. There you go. But Sami Zayn was told by Jey Uso tonight. Very telling. Jey Uso wanted Sami Zayn to groom himself. He wanted him to trim his hair. He wanted him to trim his beard. He says, you know, Survivor Series and War Games, Sami, you leveled up. And he tells Sami Zayn that with the Tribal Chief coming back next week, he has a feeling that next week is going to be a big night for Sami Zayn. Dress your best. And it made me think of one thing. I think Sami Zayn may be in for a very bad night next week. It's the first thing I thought of. Was the Joe Pesci scene right there. Walking into the room, has no idea what he's walking into. I just have a feeling. I have a bad feeling. Sammy may be getting whacked next week. I don't know. It's going to be in Chicago. It's a big wrestling city. I'm just saying, I don't have a good feeling about this for uh, poor Sammy. But the other news also, and they announced this earlier today, is that John Cena is coming back to SmackDown. Not next week, but the very last SmackDown of the year, December 30th in Tampa, which I believe is uh, where he's calling home these days. John Cena going to be back on WWE television, his first 
SmackDown appearance in uh, more than a year, we were told. It's, it's WrestleMania season. We're going to start to see stuff like this. Remember Logan Paul? He texted Triple H. He said, I want John Cena. You want to break the internet again? Give me John Cena. It's possible he's going to get John Cena. He does. He didn't tear his ACL, so he should be back in time for WrestleMania. And we'll see. We'll see what they do on that final SmackDown of the year. But this is your Friday night SmackDown review for Friday, December the 9th, 2022. Not a great show tonight. Uh, I thought it was decent. Uh, definitely not one of Triple H's stronger efforts. Uh, it was a decent show. I have a feeling the uh, Twitter poll, when we look at it later, is going to reflect that. But uh, we'll see later on. Uh, we are trying to hit 72,000 subscribers before the end of the year, if possible. So help us get there. Hit that subscribe button. I want to thank all of you who have become channel members. I know many of you were gifted channel memberships by other people here in the live chat, which was very kind to them. Uh, I do want to mention the fact that I checked my analytics earlier. I was curious. And I checked the numbers here on YouTube. And channel memberships uh, are up a whopping 222% over the last 30 days. That is a big number. So thank you to uh, everybody who has become a channel member and uh, who has gifted memberships to other folks here on the channel. Uh, also, a little bit later on, when I'm done with the SmackDown review, I will also give you my NXT deadline predictions for tomorrow's pay-per-view and uh, updated Ring of Honor final battle predictions because we have two pay-per-view, two wrestling pay-per-views. There's a UFC pay-per-view tomorrow night. Uh, but I will be uh, running through those predictions before we uh, end the stream tonight. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Or not. Up to you. So we started tonight. Hey, Trey Knight, thank you very much. You are the best as well. I appreciate that. We started tonight with the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship on the line for the second time this week. The Usos defending their titles against Butch and Sheamus of the Brawling Brutes. As the bloodline came to the ring. They showed us highlights of the tag team title win from the Usos on Monday night. After the match was over, Solo Sokoa got in the ring. He laid a beatdown on Matt Riddle. He took a chair. He wrapped it around his throat. He did the uh, corner splash, knocking the chair back into his throat. Michael Cole told us that Riddle suffered a damaged trachea, and he lost his voice, which is actually the best news I've heard all week, uh, given some of the goofy shit he's been doing on TV. So he's lost his voice. He's going to be out of action for six weeks, which if that holds, means uh, he'll be back on TV maybe a couple of weeks before the Royal Rumble. So I'm guessing it's a cover for something. I don't know what's going on with Riddle. It was pretty clear on Monday that they were knocking him out for a while. I saw they took him off uh, the live events this upcoming weekend. So I think something something's going on here, but uh, he will be out for at least the next six weeks. Uh, Drew McIntyre, I mentioned that he was medically disqualified. The match they announced on TV last week was McIntyre and Sheamus challenging the winners of the Usos, Riddle, and Owens match on Monday night. So whoever came out of that match would defend the tag team titles tonight against them. Uh, he was medically disqualified, we were told on Monday. They did not say why. And there was an update in the Observer that apparently it was a ruptured eardrum. He suffered in the War Games match. Same injury in the same match that Roman Reigns suffered when Kevin Owens gave him an open-hand slap right to the side of the head. And apparently Reigns was furious, and he was cursing and putting up a whole fuss in the back when the show was over. So Roman, of course, is not on TV every week. 
nor does he wrestle very often. So for him, it's not a big deal. Uh, McIntyre, it's not a big deal either. Apparently, he's going to be back in about a week or two. Uh, but that is why he was not uh, medically cleared. He has a ruptured eardrum. And so Butch took his place, tagging with Sheamus here in this match. The Usos were working over Butch early on uh, until he got the hot tag from, from uh, yeah, live rounds. Sometimes that happens, Bearwolf. You get live rounds that go, you know, back and forth in matches. You know, it happens. Apparently he wasn't expecting it, though. That's why he was very upset. It was an improvised spot. I guess the tribal chief uh, does not like to be caught off guard. By the way, for, for the people wondering about Riddle and talking about uh, weed, maybe it's a weed violation. I don't even think that's an issue in WWE anymore. Uh, they don't suspend you for that. They usually uh, fine you. I don't even think they fine you anymore. You know, a lot of the wrestlers, I guess, would joke it was like a like a weed tax or a pot tax. I don't even know if they if they do that anymore. So no, I don't think it has anything to do with that. So Sheamus and Butch they did a double ten beats of the uh, of the bow spot here. Sheamus and Butch had both Usos on the apron. Sheamus delivered the ten beats. Butch delivered the ten beats, and then eleven. And then 12, and then 13, and so on. He wouldn't stop because he's a little maniac. That's his gimmick. He's like a wild dog. Sheamus dropped Jimmy with a white noise from the middle rope. He tried for the pin. Jimmy got his shoulder up at the last moment. They cut to commercial. I think they had two commercials in the middle of this match. Back from break, uh, we saw Butch up on the ropes. He was doing the finger snap spot on Jey Uso, uh, but he missed the flying knee. Jay came back with a jumping neck breaker for a two count. Sheamus hit white noise on Jimmy on the apron, and Jay took advantage of that. He wiped out Sheamus with a suicide dive. Butch hit a moonsault onto the Usos on the floor. I mean, they were going back and forth, back and forth here. So they had uh, Butch up on the top rope, did both Usos. Uh, they were trying to set up for a 1D, and Sheamus pulled Jimmy out of the way. That allowed Butch to hit a running powerbomb on Jay for a near fall. Sheamus and Butch hit a combo razor's edge into a neckbreaker, and Sheamus was going for the Alabama slam. And Sami Zayn said, I must do something to help my friends here. So Sami tried to uh, interfere. Ridge Holland stopped him, and Solo Sokoa, Ridge Holland, they fought outside. Sokoa hit the spinning solo and sent Holland over the barricade over by the timekeeper's area, so that took, it, took care of him. And in the ring, the Usos caught Butch with the 1D, and they pinned him to retain the tag team titles while Sami Zayn was holding Sheamus' leg. Sheamus was trying to save his partner, but he couldn't, and so the Usos retained their championship. Uh, Very good match to open the show. That's two very good tag team title matches from the Usos this week on television. Uh, And I think uh, Michael Cole made a comment that this was the first time, what was it, the first time I think he said in about 15 years that the tag team titles were defended on Raw and SmackDown in the same week? That doesn't sound right to me. Uh, But that's what he said. Maybe what he was referring to was the the Raw and SmackDown uh, tag team titles being defended on both shows in the same week. Uh, That might make more sense. But uh, tag team of the week honors are not going to be going to the Usos this week. These are very good matches. But uh, tag team of the week or tag team match of the week Honors will be going to FTR. The only question is, is it going to go to FTR for the match with the Acclaimed on Wednesday? Or more likely, is it going to go to FTR for their dog collar match uh, with the Briscoes, which is coming up tomorrow 
at Ring of Honor Final Battle. Briscoes and FTR Part 3. I have a feeling they're going to be uh, taking the award this week. If the first two matches are any indication, then they'll take the award for this week. So then we saw Kurt Angle. There we go. There we go. This is what we're here for tonight. We're here for the party, right? Where, where's my uh, Where's my confetti? You can't have a birthday party and no confetti. There we go. Now it's a party. Now it's a party. So Kurt Angle was arriving at the building for his birthday celebration, but he was not alone. With him, he had Gable Steveson, who, again, I completely forgot about this guy. Two Olympic gold medalists. Uh, Braun Strowman was there to greet them in the back as they arrived. He said that uh, he looked at Steveson. He goes, hey, aren't you the guy that I've seen at the Performance Center? As if he's uh, hanging around the PC every week. And he said that, you know, we could use you on SmackDown. And Steveson just stood there. He wasn't smiling or smirking. He had this very, like, serious, stoic look on his face. He looked like he was frozen. It's very weird, very stiff. And uh, then he told Braun, uh, well, when I come up, I'll make sure that you're the first one I see. And then they shook hands, and they all went on their merry way. So then it was time, L.A. Knight demands justice. That's how they build this segment. Let's get rid of this confetti here. Party's over. We're moving on. L.A. Knight demands justice. Comes out to the ring for a promo on Bray Wyatt. He said, it's obvious I've struck a nerve in you. Because it's obvious that I've even struck fear in you. Week after week, I get blindsided. And then you say to everybody, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But if I did. He's got a point, you know. Bray sounds like fucking OJ over here. I didn't do it. But if I did, here's how. Here's how I would have done it. And he said that uh, if if I did it, there would be none of you left. He says, I'm calling your bluff. Every time you put me down, I come right back. Here I am. And at that moment, uh, he said he wanted to show us footage from the first attack. That was backstage when they found L.A. Knight under a pile of uh, equipment. But then he rolled the footage back to show right before that happened, he was trying to leave the building, right? He was doing an interview with uh, one of the interviewers. And he had opened the exit door already, right? But he was focused on the uh, person he was talking to in the background, you could see the Uncle Howdy mask in the shadows. So he kind of froze it, and they zoomed in on the Uncle Howdy mask, so he pointed that out. Same thing with the second attack. When he was attacked in the back, and he was pinned against the wall and the equipment case, he showed that you could see something, some, some kind of mask in the background. So all of a sudden, he was interrupted by yet another Uncle Howdy video. And we have the distorted voice saying, do it. Do it now. He deserves to be punished. He deserves to suffer. The door is closing. I assume referring to L.A. Knight. So Knight watched this on the big screen. He said that if you needed any more evidence that this is uh, Bray Wyatt, you would have to be a cross-eyed halfwit not to know that it was Bray. He said that he was going to go to the back to go find Bray Wyatt. They aired footage from earlier today. Kathy Kelly was in the parking lot trying to interview Legado del Fantasma. Now, I don't know why they were in the parking lot and why she couldn't just wait until they got into the building and interview them there. 
But it is kind of appropriate. If you remember, back when Legato was in NXT, right, there were a series of kidnappings that they were responsible for. So I feel like the parking lot is sort of, it is sort of in a way their home, right? Even though it's not the NXT parking lot. The NXT parking lot is like the fucking Bermuda Triangle, right? People go there and bad things happen. But they were in the parking lot. She was trying to interview them about the Viking Raiders. And in the middle of this interview, all of a sudden we hear a woman screaming. And you, I mean, you would think that, uh, you know, the Sala monster had shown up, right? But no, that's not what it was. So the camera follows to go see. Now we see Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler walking away. And then on off to the right, we see that Shotzi is sitting on the ground next to a car. She's screaming and she's holding her hand as if she had uh, a cramp, perhaps, in her hand. We don't know. We didn't see the attack or, or exactly uh, what happened here. But she was screaming as if uh, her hand was broken. And we did find out later in the show, according to Michael Cole, that Shotzi does, in fact, have a broken hand. So the injuries are piling up here on this show. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, they're breaking people's noses. They're breaking people's elbows. Now they're breaking their hands. Back live in the arena, Megan Morant was interviewing Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And she wanted to know if they had taken things too far. And Shayna feigned no knowledge of the attack, didn't have any idea what she was talking about. She said that for all we know, that Shotzi could have fallen. Maybe she fell. Maybe she's just clumsy. Rhonda told Megan, why don't you tell the China shop the bulls are coming? <laughs> God. Hey, the jerk store called, and they're all out of you. That's the first thing I thought of. That's the first thing I thought of. Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox showed up. Liv said that they've broken Natty's nose and Raquel's elbow and Shotzi's hand. They've pretty much beaten everybody, except the two of them. And Shayna told them, mess with the bull, get the horns. Ronda said they don't understand metaphors, and they walked off. Riveting dialogue here from Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. We had Cruz Del Toro. And Joaquin Wilde of Legado del Fantasma against the Viking Raiders. Uh, this felt weird here, doing heel against heel. Uh, and we soon found out why. This uh, did not last very long. This went about a couple of minutes. A couple of minutes into the match, Hit Row's entrance theme played. B-Fab walked out onto the stage, and she had a chair with her. She set the chair up, and she was going to go and take a seat. While that was going on... Top Dollar and Ashanti the Adonis showed up down at ringside and they pulled Legato to the floor. The referee called off the match. Top Dollar and Adonis, they worked over the Vikings then inside the ring with a steel chair. Adonis hit Eric with a float over DDT and Top Dollar, who was moving around like fucking Andre the Giant the year before he died. He catches Joaquin Wilde as he attempted to do a crossbody off the top, right? So he catches Wilde, and then he puts him down with a neckbreaker. Seriously, I don't know what was going on with Top Dollar's knees. I don't know if I'm the only one who noticed this, the, the way that he was moving around. I, I know he was wearing jeans. He wasn't in his gear. But uh, he was moving around like, like an old man here. Sarah Logan, uh, also in this segment, Sarah Logan, Valhalla. She jumped on Adonis's back before all that happened. And B-Fab pulled her off, and then she ran 
uh, Sarah Logan into Zelina Vega, who was sitting at ringside doing commentary until the match was called off. So yet another hit row segment where they get absolutely no reaction. They get no heat. They get no reaction whatsoever. And it wasn't just hit row, to be fair. It wasn't as if the Vikings and Legato were getting a big reaction, but they were heels, right? That's why it was so weird. Two teams that are not meant to be cheered by the audience. So hit row, they were the baby faces coming out to put down the heels. You would think they would get some kind of reaction. And now for, I don't even know how many weeks in a row this has been now, uh, they come out there and they get no reaction. Nobody cared. It was actually scary how little people cared about this segment and any of the teams involved. It was very noticeable here in this. And you can include me in that, by the way. Because they haven't done anything to get me to really care, frankly, about anything that these guys are doing. But I've said it before, there's something missing from the Hit Row Act. Maybe, maybe would they work better as heels? Possibly. I'm not really sure, frankly, that would even make a huge difference. To be honest with you, I think that the missing ingredient is the fourth member who's no longer with them, and I'm not sure you know who you would plug into that equation without it feeling just tacked on. You know, I mean, it, it would have to feel like whoever you're putting with them belongs and fits in the group. Because I think that they're missing some. Right now, it's a tag team and a manager. That's what it is. Legato is a tag team, a singles wrestler, and a manager, so they have that extra person in there. Uh, they're definitely missing something without Swerve. There's, there's no doubt about it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So in the back, L.A. Knight was searching for Bray Wyatt. He was on the hunt. He found a Bray Wyatt moth logo t-shirt hanging on the rack in one of the dressing rooms. And at that moment, the lights went out. So he used the flashlight on his phone. And he begins scanning the room until he reveals someone, presumably Bray Wyatt, wearing an Uncle Howdy mask. And then they quickly cut to commercial. That was the end of the segment. This was never followed up on for the rest of the show. This was never even mentioned for the rest of the show. We have no idea what happened to Bray Wyatt. For all I know, it could have been Billy Corgan in the mask, kidnapping L.A. Knight to bring him back to the N.W.A. That's as good of an explanation as any. We have no idea what happened to L.A. Knight. Back from the break, we saw Kurt Angle in the back in a room with Gable Stevenson celebrating. They had balloons. 
They had a screen behind them showing highlights of Kurt Angle's career. So they were, uh, as they were running the old match highlights, we saw Shinsuke Nakamura came up. He gave Kurt a handshake. Madcap Moss was there with Emma. Someone suddenly handed Kurt a card. We couldn't see who it was, but we saw a card come into camera view. And on the card, it was, well, it had number one dad written out in glitter with a smiley face. And then in the middle of the card was a cutout of a photograph of a a young boy in amateur wrestling gear with a heart drawn around him. And then the camera pans back and we see that it's a family reunion here on SmackDown. It was Kurt Angle's long lost son, Jason Jordan who's been working as a producer backstage for for a few years now in WWE and apparently getting high marks doing it, Jason Jordan, reunited with his father. Man, this, I'll tell you, man, two of them hugged. This was a heartwarming moment. This really was. And then later in the show, we would see Kurt's would-be son, the man, frankly, who, if they were going to do that stupid angle, should have been the choice to be his son, Chad Gable. But uh, he wasn't part of the segment here. So anyway, they they shared an embrace, and uh, it, you know it's a shame. It's a shame that Jason Jordan got hurt when he did. He was really starting to to build up momentum, uh, and you could see like the pieces were starting to come together. He could be a major player for them, and then he got hurt. And I don't think at the time anybody realized how serious it was, or expected that he would never be back. I mean, how many years ago is that now? Had to be four years ago now. At least three, three or four years ago. He was doing the tag team thing with Seth Rollins. He was starting to develop more of a personality on TV. And then, you know, the nerve issue in his neck. And, you know, you can't sit here and say never, say never. Even though it's been a few years, we've seen wrestlers come back after longer layoffs than Jason Jordan has had. It's very possible one day Jason Jordan, he's still young enough, he may be able to get back in the ring. If it happened for Daniel Bryan, if it happened for Edge, if it happened for Paige, it could happen one day for Jason Jordan, but it's a shame that it happened when it did. Because uh, I think right now he'd be one of the main guys on Raw or SmackDown. I think he'd be a player for them. So Ricochet was out first for a contract signing. The first ever winner of the SmackDown World Cup. They had the trophy in, in the ring already. Imperium came out next. This was a contract signing overseen by Adam Pierce for next week's Intercontinental Championship match. It will be Gunther defending the title against Ricochet. Pierce started talking, barely got anything out before the New Day's music hit. And out comes Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. They said they were here to get a front row seat for the contract signing. Kofi said they know how these contract signings go. They said that uh, Gunta is going to get mad, and then Imperium is going to jump their boy Ricochet, and they just can't have that. And Xavier Woods found a way to plug their NXT Tag Team Championship match with Pretty Deadly at uh, deadline tomorrow night. They're going for the NXT Tag Team Championship tomorrow. This all happened on Tuesday. It was very random. But he found a way to plug the match. By the way, it looks like uh, Xavier Woods, the last few weeks, tonight especially, was rocking that soul glow in the uh, in the hair. So Gunther reminded Ricochet that he is the one who took the title off him in the first place. He says he's beaten him twice already, which is true, he has. And he's proven that he is not worthy of being the Intercontinental Champion, Ricochet, that is. The fans were chanting, what, at Walter. 
after every fucking sentence that came out of his mouth. He said the difference between him and his two goof friends, <laughs> again, New Day, not uh, not his two friends, is that they are performers, while Imperium, they are professional wrestlers. Like the Jericho Appreciation Society thing. We're sports entertainers. We're not wrestlers. This is like the Jericho group in the Blackpool Combat Club here. Hopefully this doesn't drag on for the next seven months. So then Kofi and the New Day, they started to mock Gunther for saying that he couldn't perform. If you're not a performer, that means that Imperium can't perform. And he got the crowd to chant Imperium can't perform. I don't see that catching on. Ricochet says that he doesn't quit, and next week everyone will bear witness to him taking the Intercontinental title. Gunther stood up, he got very angry. Who are you talking to? Adam Pierce asked for a crew to come out and help get rid of all the furniture in the ring, and so Gunther helped him out. He picked up the table, he threw the table outside. Ricochet took the chair, he threw the chair outside. Pierce said, well, the hell with the crew, let's get a referee out here and let's have ourselves a match. And then all six men started brawling, and that led to a match. Ricochet and the New Day against Imperium. The babyfaces were working over uh, Ludwig Kaiser to start. Giovanni Vinci made a blind tag. He worked over Xavier Woods for a while uh, before dumping him out to the floor. Imperium continued to isolate Woods, and Kofi eventually got the tag. Vinci tossed Kofi over the announce desk, heading into the commercial break. After the break, Gunther and Ricochet, a little preview of next week. They ended up in the ring together. Ricochet worked over Gunther with punches and kicks in the corner until Gunther ducked between the ropes for a rope break. He was bowing out. He was telling the ref, get this guy away from me. Ricochet was all fired up. Even Wade Barrett said, this was a very different version of Ricochet than we're used to seeing. Very aggressive. Gunther came back, tried for a powerbomb. Ricochet, though, countered into a sunset flip for a near fall. Kingston and Vinci, they ended up as the legal men here. And Vinci hit a moonsault on Kofi. Kaiser tagged in. Ricochet, though, went to the ropes and hit a Hurricane Rana on Kaiser. Kofi hit the Trouble in Paradise to Kaiser and then tagged Ricochet, who hit the Shooting Star Press and got the 1-2-3 to win the match for his team. Uh, Good match. And after it was over, Ricochet walked up to uh, Gunther, who was standing on the apron, staring a hole through him. And they went face-to-face. Gunther didn't say anything. He just stared at Ricochet. And Ricochet looked at him and just said, I don't quit. I don't stop. After that, well, by the way, before I even move on here, I think it's pretty clear after this segment, who's costing the New Day their match with Pretty Deadly tomorrow night? Because I was thinking, would they put the belts on the New Day? And I thought that there was a chance they might. But I said, well... They could, but I figure Pretty Deadly will find a way to win. But would they really have Pretty Deadly beat the New Day straight up? Of course not. They're going to have to figure out a way out of this. Well, enter Imperium, right? We've seen Imperium at the uh, at the Nickelodeon Zone. Now, now, of course, it's not all colorful like it used to be. But uh, they know where to find the Performance Center. I think that we'll end up seeing them uh, tomorrow night. So this match, in my view, served two purposes. Number one, I'm I'm almost positive that Imperium will cost New Day the match against Pretty Deadly tomorrow. So that's, you know, kind of number one as far as the impetus for this match. Second thing is to give Ricochet a big win 
and give him some momentum going into the championship match that he will not win on television next week. He'll be competitive, you know, give him a big win tonight going into Chicago next week, but that's really all this was. That that was the only purpose behind this. Those two reasons were the only purpose behind this match. So now we flip back to Kurt Angle's party, his very lame party in the back. And Bray Wyatt, as you can see in the graphic there, could be seen in the doorway behind the bouncer. And he was conversing with someone. Well, obviously, we couldn't see who that person was. They were behind the wall in the hallway. Maybe he was talking to himself again. He's been doing that a lot lately, Bray. Bray's been talking to himself quite a bit. But there's Bray Wyatt in the doorway. We didn't see him again after this. Inside the room, Chad Gable and Otis showed up. They tried to get into the party, but the bouncer checked the list, said that their names were not on the guest list. Then the Street Profits showed up, and they were let in. I guess they were on the guest list, and this upset uh, Chad Gable quite a bit, which would then lead to what we saw at the very end of the show. After the break, the Usos and Sami Zayn were shown celebrating in their locker room after the Usos' big win earlier in the night. Solo Sokoa just sat there with his arms crossed. I think that's how he sleeps at night. I don't think he actually lays down and sleeps. I think he just kind of sits in a chair, arms crossed, staring off, you know, into staring at the wall. That's how I envision it. Hey, Rojo Bear, channel member for 14 months, just bought his tickets for AEW Dynamite and Rampage in El Paso, Texas in February. Enjoy the show. Have fun, brother. Is that your first show? If it's your first show, you'll have fun. First one's always fun. When you go to a TV taping for the first time, it's always it's always fun. So again, the uh, Bloodline is celebrating their big win earlier in the night. And Sammy suggests that they go get dinner. Jimmy gets up, Solo gets up, they walk off. Jay holds Sammy back. He wants to talk to Sammy Zane here before they go get dinner. And Jay tells Sammy that the tribal chief is coming next week, and he suggested that, you know, you should probably clean up a little bit. You should trim the hair. You should trim the beard. And Sammy was like, why? And Jay told him, he said, look, after you leveled up at War Games, he goes, I think next week in Chicago... Is going to be a big night for you. And Sammy's eyes lit up. He got all excited because now he's probably having visions of like maybe a big ceremony. He's going to no longer be the honorary ooze. He's going to become an official member of the bloodline. And uh, then he got very happy and very excited. And again, I throw this image up on the screen because I watched that segment and this is this is the first thing I thought of. I think I think it may be coming next week. We've all been wondering when. When is the... Sami Zayn beatdown going to happen? When is the bloodline going to excommunicate this guy? And, you know, coming out of War Games, I I thought maybe it would happen on that first SmackDown coming out of Survivor Series because nobody would have been expecting it, right? The way Survivor Series went off the air with the bloodline unified and Jey Uso finally embracing Sami, it would have been a tremendous swerve. For them to have Sammy in the ring that first Friday after Survivor Series and have and basically like we got everything we wanted out of you like you know you you're you're the one who helped us win War Games and 
you know, blah, 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 and then you just lower the boom, right? But they didn't do that. We have not seen Roman Reigns since Survivor Series. So this will be our first time seeing Roman Reigns since the pay-per-view. I'm just saying, if I'm Sami Zayn, I'm watching my back. Could be Royal Rumble, could be Elimination Chamber, could be any show between now and WrestleMania. Would it be too early for them to do something like that? Not necessarily. And if it's a serious beatdown on Sammy, Sammy could disappear from television for weeks. Right? Matt Riddle's going to be gone for six weeks. They beat down Sammy bad enough, right? He disappears. We don't see him for a while. They could very easily shoot that angle on television next week. And what better place than Chicago, right? It's one of their top cities. You know you're going to get a hot crowd in Chicago next week. They're going to be going crazy for Sami Zayn. They're going to be going crazy for the bloodline. And they're going to be going crazy if they turn on poor Sami. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. But I'm just saying uh, next week could very well be the week. Rey Mysterio was shown in the back. He was laying down, working with a trainer on his uh, injured leg. Karrion Cross and Scarlett showed up. The trainer called for security, but Cross said, no, no, it's not like that. You don't got to worry about that. And he took a seat. He wanted to have a chat with Ray. Remember, Ray's face came up on the tarot card that Scarlett pulled in that vignette last week. So we know that they're going to be programmed uh, for a feud next. So Cross talked to Ray about what happened with uh, Dominic and how Ray, you know, you came to SmackDown for a fresh start. And he noted that Scarlett is from Romania. Did you know that? And uh, he said that life can be tough for people who live there. And he told a story that Scarlett told him about her family's thoroughbred horse that went from being a champion to being a workhorse and eventually he couldn't go anymore. And he remembered Scarlett telling him that the horse had this look in his eye once it realized that it was useless. Cross said that it's always sad when an animal has to be put out of its misery. Security finally showed up and said, is there a problem here? And Cross said, no, no problem. And then he told Ray, just look at the time. And then he said, tick-tock, and he walked off. We had Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. They showed a Tegan Knox video package. Thank you. What was I talking about last week? They sent Tegan Knox out there cold. Nobody gave a shit. Tonight, they had enough sense at least to pipe in crowd noise when she came out. But they showed a vignette, and it was her narrating a video package talking about how from the moment she came into WWE, she's been dealing with problems and injuries. When she was training at the Performance Center back in 2017, before she even debuted, is the, is the first time in WWE that she blew out her ACL. She had already blown out her ACL in her teens when I think she was playing soccer. Uh, I think it was soccer. So they talked about 2017 ACL tear. Comes back. She's in the May Young Classic in 2018. Might have been her first match back She or, or one of her first matches back. She was in the tournament against Rhea Ripley, and they showed the footage of her blowing out her knee and blowing out her ACL again. So it was talking about all of the challenges that she's faced. Uh, it was quick. It was short. You know, it wasn't any kind of long uh, video package, but I thought it was important to at least give context for people to understand who this woman is because you know a lot of people last week were like, who the fuck is this? They don't watch NXT. 
and she was only on the main roster for a brief period of time, and she kind of changed her look up a little bit. I could see people watching that going, who is this person? Tegan what? So it's important to do videos like this to help, you know, explain to people who this woman is and also, you know, make her uh, sympathetic. She's had all these injuries and these issues she's been plagued with, and you want to see her succeed. You want to see her overcome that and, you know, be able to have a successful career. So I was glad to uh, see the video package. Michael Cole teased that the winners of this match here could potentially earn a shot at the women's tag team titles that are currently held by Damage Control. Tegan was on fire early on. Rousey caused a distraction following the heels, or allowing the heels, to take over. Rousey tagged into the match. She was mocking Liv Morgan. She got the ankle lock, though, on uh, Tegan Knox. She broke free. Morgan and Baszler tagged in at the same time. Liv hit a double stomp, went for the oblivion. Baszler countered with a German suplex. Raquel, all of a sudden, Raquel Rodriguez, she comes walking out. And she is being held back by Adam Pierce and referees who are trying to prevent her from getting to the ring and getting to Ronda Rousey. Ronda sees this, and she drops off the apron. Now Adam Pierce is getting between the two of them, trying to keep them apart. While that's going on, Tegan enters the ring. She hits Baszler with the shiniest wizard and allows Liv Morgan to pin Shayna Baszler. So Shayna Baszler here is the, I see now what Shayna's role is here in this little alliance with uh, Ronda Rousey. Shayna is meant to be the sacrificial lamb, which is what she was here in this match. And now next week, Tegan Knox and Liv Morgan get a shot at the women's tag team titles against Dakota Kai and Eoska. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Then it was time for the birthday bash. Kurt Angle was out for the birthday celebration here in Pittsburgh in the Steel City. Angle thanked the crowd for coming out for his birthday, but he was quickly interrupted by the Alpha Academy. Chad Gable was offended that he wasn't invited to the party. He said that even uh, he even had Otis wearing a tie, which is not an easy thing to do because Otis has no neck. And Otis looked completely ridiculous. He was out there with a tie on wearing his usual tights. So he looked completely ridiculous. He called Kurt Petty and agreed with the crowd and saying, Kurt, you suck. And they got in the ring. He said, Kurt has no integrity. He lost his intensity, and if he wants to keep a shred of the intelligence he has left, he'll leave the ring. And he said Otis was going to go eat his birthday cake. They had a birthday cake on the table in the ring with a little WWE ring with the WWE logo on top. I just realized, you know, actually, the uh, nobody went into the cake. They started eating the cake. But this was one of those rare segments where nobody got uh, caked in the face. Kurt left the ring. He looked like a sad puppy dog. He was walking up the aisle. And when he got on the stage, he had a mic in his hand and he said, uh, Look, you're going to eat that cake. You're going to need a lot of milk. 
They played his music, and out came a milk truck straight out of the 1950s. Gable Stevenson was hanging on to the end of it. He was hanging off the milk truck. Kurt got inside. The driver drove it down to the ring. Angle and Stevenson, they grabbed small containers of milk, and they started chucking them at Chad Gable and Otis in the ring. Michael Cole went absolutely crazy on commentary with the puns. He was having the time of his life here. He was trying to squeeze as many in as he possibly could. So Michael Cole said that the Alpha Academy better move. Never has there been, by the way, a more appropriate time for that $100 super chat. That $100 moo super chat to hit than right now. Of course it won't. But uh, yes, he told he said that the Alpha Academy needs to move. He said uh, this was Shades of 2001 and the Alliance because Angle had a hose and he was firing it at Gable and Otis in the ring. So he's spraying them with milk. He sprayed the announcers with milk. He sprayed the first three rows behind the announcers with milk. Angle and Stevenson, they got in the ring uh, while the Alpha Academy rolled out to the floor. And the two of them toasted and they pounded down containers of milk. Michael Cole said that Kurt was milking this opportunity. He said that the Alpha Academy were a bunch of cow words and that this was an utter failure. And then he closed with the worst of them all and he said, this is legendary. Actually, that wasn't the last thing he said. He said uh, he called it Friday Night Milkdown, which actually was pretty fucking lame. Actually, the other ones were much better than that one. Uh, that was more like a uh, a milk dud there at the end of the show. Gable and Stevenson were selling the hell out of this, by the way. When they were being hosed down in the milk, I thought they did a tremendous job bouncing around. Otis was great. Gable's always great, but Otis was great here, uh, bumping their asses off. What was this? Was this like the third time over the years that we've seen the recreation of the milk bath here on on this television show obviously we had the original one as uh, he said during the invasion angle with the alliance in uh, the summer of 2001 and i'm almost positive it happened at least one other time over the years with the milk truck they recreated the recreation even the original milk truck was a playoff the beer truck in 99 so what what iteration of this are we on now this is at least the third time maybe fourth i don't know i've lost track A copy of a copy of a copy. But uh, look, it was good to see Kurt. You know, he was moving around. You could tell how atrophied his his arms really are. Uh, I don't know if it's just the the right arm or both arms. Very, very skinny. Uh, But he had his knees replaced. He had double knee replacement. They always tell people, don't have both knees done at the same time. It's a very tough recovery. And he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to have them both done. And I think that was earlier this year. So for a guy that had a double knee replacement, I thought he was moving around, uh, you know, pretty good out there. He's moving around better than Top Dollar was tonight. But I, yeah, I thought the ending it was some harmless fun to close out the show. The show peaked though with the opening segment. They opened the show with the tag team championship match, and that was the best part of the entire show. So they peaked with that. Uh, I thought the rest of it was decent. Uh, I still enjoyed it more than Raw. That's not saying much this week. Uh, I, I still thought SmackDown was better than Raw, but 
this was not a great episode of SmackDown this week. And uh, I'm expecting a much uh, hotter, more engaged crowd and hopefully a better show for them. Next week in Chicago, Roman Reigns will be back. Uh, they've actually announced a whole bunch of things already ahead of time for next week, which is more than usual. They had the, they had their usual uh, two things announced on WWE.com before the show went on the air tonight. But we have Roman Reigns appearing next week, uh, Gunther and Shame or Gunther and Ricochet for the Intercontinental Title, Damage Control against Liv and Tegan Knox for the Women's Tag Team Titles, and we have a Triple Threat Tag Team Match. It's going to be Hit Row, Legato del Fantasma. And the Viking Raiders. So that is your lineup for SmackDown coming up next week. 55.7% is the score for thumbs up for SmackDown tonight. 28% thumbs in the middle and 16% thumbs down. So we are sub 60% for SmackDown tonight. Just not surprising because, again, I thought the show was decent. It was decent at best. Now, before I get into your Super Chats, which I will be doing here in a moment, I want to uh, talk about this NXT deadline show tomorrow. They have a 4 p.m. No, I'm sorry, 8 p.m. That's the uh, ROH show. Maybe I should start with ROH. Yeah, well, let's start with ROH. I'll go in order here. Ring of Honor is the first show. 4 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. This is the lineup, and again, maybe they added something on uh, Rampage tonight. I haven't watched Rampage yet, but... Uh, This is the lineup as it was before the uh, show went on the air tonight. We have Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland taking on Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey. I'm sure J.D. Griffey is uh, all of your favorite wrestler here. (laughs) How many of you have seen J.D. Griffey? Raise your hand in the chat. Uh, I'm going with Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey because I figure that Swerve is going to fuck over Keith Lee after what Keith Lee did to him at full gear when he walked out on him and they lost to the acclaimed. We have Samoa Joe defending the Ring of Honor television title against Juice Robinson coming off that excellent murder of Darby Allen on Wednesday night. Oh, I love that match. The Samoa Joe of old. We haven't seen this version of Joe in a very long time. Uh, But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that we are going to have a new television champion. And it's going to be Juice Robinson, who I think, I don't see how he really you know, benefits all that match from coming in and and losing again. He came in, he had the one match on Dynamite and lost to John Moxley, who was the champion at the time. So it's like, all right, he lost to the champion, but now he's officially signed and under contract and you're sending him like a lamb to slaughter. I figure Wardlow gets involved, costs Joe the Ring of Honor TV title, which really pisses off Joe. Joe still has the TNT title, goes off to feud with Wardlow, and Juice Robinson is the new, T- is the new uh, TV champion for Ring of Honor. That's my prediction there. We have Wheeler Yuta challenging Daniel Garcia for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Uh, I'm going to go with Yuta. If they're going to keep the Blackpool Combat Club together, they could really use some momentum right now. So uh, I'll say that uh, the Pure title finds its way back to him. We have Athena, who I am very much enjoying this new attitude adjustment of hers, uh, challenging Mercedes Martinez for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. I would definitely put the title on Athena, and I think she will become the new Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Uh, we have, we have. Uh, well, I'm trying to say which match is going to go on last. I'll say the world. Well, 
Jericho being on his first Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I mean, how do you not put Jericho in the main event, right? The tag team match, I think, will be the better match. They headlined their last pay-per-view with the tag team match. But I'm going to say they probably headlined with Jericho this time. So FTR is going to defend their Ring of Honor tag team titles against the Briscoes. This was just announced on Wednesday, just kind of thrown out there. Why? Because Tony Khan wanted a big hook for the show, that's why. The Briscoes already lost twice. There's no reason to do it for a third time other than just their first two matches were fucking great. Let's do it again. No argument out of me. So this is FTR and Briscoes Part 3. This time it's going to be a double dog collar match. I find it very hard to believe that they're going to beat the Briscoes three straight times. What do you do with the Briscoes then? The Briscoes have an exclusive contract with Ring of Honor. Right? They're not allowed to appear on AEW television. Ring of Honor is their home. They lose this match. Where do they go from here? What do they do? Hey, at least if they lose, they still have their House of Glory tag team titles. They are they are our champions in House of Glory. And hopefully they make it out of this match injury-free because they have a big match against main event at the Hog Show next Saturday. I think the Briscoes get the belts back. I can't see them I can't see them dropping three straight. I don't see how that benefits them. So I think we're gonna have new tag team champions. And then we have Chris Jericho defending the Ring of Honor World Championship against Claudio Castagnoli, the former champion. The stipulation is that if Claudio loses, he must join the Jericho Appreciation Society. God I hope not. Claudio is my pick to get the belt back. So I'm predicting a clean sweep in all the championship matches on this show. And apparently they announced new matches for the Zero One pre-show, or the Zero Hour, Zero One, wrong promotion, the Zero Hour pre-show, I don't know what they are, but there you go, there's your final battle card. This week's episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. December is here, it's the season of giving, and we're not just talking YouTube memberships, or Regina D-Wave championship. Oh, Regina D-Wave championship matches. Oh, no, 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 no. But, but, you know who you've already given enough to? Your internet service provider. That is, if you haven't already been using ExpressVPN every time that you've gone online this year. Every time you go online without ExpressVPN, your provider, like AT&T or Verizon, can see and log every single website that you visit. And yes, that includes all the sites that you visit in incognito mode. That's why when I go online, I do so with ExpressVPN. The app encrypts and reroutes all of my network data through their secure servers so my provider can't see a thing, and it couldn't be easier to use. Just fire up ExpressVPN on any of your devices, your phone, your laptop, your tablet, tap one button to connect, and that's it. You're good to go, and you can browse with peace of mind. Unlike your internet service provider, ExpressVPN is committed to your privacy, their privacy policy has even been audited by third parties so you can rest assured that your data is not being logged by anyone. You've given enough to your ISP this year. It's time for you to start taking. So take back your internet privacy today with the VPN rated number one by TechRadar and Mashable. Visit expressvpn.com slash Solomonster and get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Solomonster. ExpressVPN.com slash Solomonster to learn more.
Now, NXT Deadline is going to go on the air live at 8 p.m. on uh, on the cock, on Peacock. And we are going to have the debut of the Iron Survivor Challenge. The first ever Iron Survivor match, both men's and women's, on this show. The match is going to be 25 minutes in length. Wrestlers will be entering every two minutes. And the rules are very simple. It's kind of an amalgamation of King of the Mountain match from TNA and an Iron Man match. Shawn Michaels said that they wanted some element of the Iron Man match in here without the match going a full 60 minutes. And so the most falls garnered in those 25 minutes, whoever has the most falls at the end will be the winner of the match, which is very unfair, by the way, to the person who enters last. I'm just saying. There's also a stipulation here where uh, when someone loses a fall, they get put in a penalty box for 90 seconds, where they will not be able to uh, build up any falls during that 90-second period. So those are the rules of the match. The men's match has Carmelo Hayes, Axiom, Grayson Waller, J.D. McDonough, and Joe Gacy. Axiom is the only babyface in the match. I'm picking Carmelo Hayes for the win. The winners of these matches will get a shot at the championship. So the winner of the men's gets a shot at the NXT championship, and the winner of the women's will get a shot at Mandy Rose and the women's championship. So my pick is Carmelo Hayes to win the men's Iron Survivor. On the women's side, we have Indy Hartwell, Zoe Stark, Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, and Kiana James. You know, and even in this match, I mean, you could say maybe Indy, but Roxanne Perez is really the only solid babyface on the women's side. Um, I think that she'll get the win. I said this on the podcast last week. I'm picking Roxanne Perez to win with the idea that from Roxanne, the championship eventually finds its way around the waist of Tiffany Stratton, who I think is absolutely a future women's champion. But you kind of get it off Mandy first onto a babyface. Roxanne ends up being the transitional champion. I'm not saying she's going to lose it right away, but Tiffany Stratton ain't winning shit so long as Mandy Rose is the champion. Mandy Rose's run has to end at some point. I think it comes to an end when she eventually steps in the ring with Roxanne Perez. So Roxanne is my pick to win there. Braun Breaker defends the NXT Championship against Apollo Crews. I've enjoyed the segments they've done on TV with these guys now for the last several weeks. They had the diner segment. They were they were on a boat fishing the other day. Now the time for fishing and eating is over. Now it's time to wrestle. And I think that Braun Breaker will walk out still the NXT champion and will get the match that I've been hoping for, which is Braun Breaker defending the championship against Carmelo Hayes. I think that's the destination to get to. We have uh, Pretty Deadly defending their tag team titles against the New Day. I'm going with Pretty Deadly when Imperium interferes and costs New Day the match. And then Alba Fire goes one-on-one with Isla Dawn. And uh, Alba Fire has not been able to find any success against Mandy Rose. So I think that it's time for her to get a win, and I think she will. So that's your card. That's your uh, NXT deadline card. I don't think the New Day will win the tag team titles, but if they were to do so, if the New Day, if they said, hey, I'm going to put the titles on New Day for a while, right? Like they put the NXT title on Dolph Ziggler earlier this year. If they were to do that, Kofi Kingston is going to make history tomorrow. Because if the New Day were to win those titles, Kofi Kingston becomes the first man in WWE history to be a 15-time tag team title holder. Right now, he is tied with Edge and Booker T 
at 14. 14 times Kofi Kingston has been a tag team champion. If he were to win tomorrow, and I don't think he will, he would be a 15-time champion. So just keep that in mind. We could be witnessing history at the Performance Center tomorrow. Anyway, there will be no uh, live reviews uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to be around for most of the day. I will I will try to cram both shows in tomorrow night so I have uh, my thoughts I can share with all of you on the podcast on Sunday. That'll be episode 786. That's going to be a packed show. We have a lot of things to talk about on that show on Sunday. We got to talk about Deadline. We got to talk about Final Battle. We got to talk about Sasha Banks, William Regal, John Cena, The Rock, Barry Windham, who unfortunately is in the hospital, but thankfully he seems to be doing better. So uh, we're going to be talking about all that on episode 786 coming up on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, fun day, right? Sound off Sunday. Always a good time on Sundays. I know you guys will be there. Like you always are. Uh, We are very close, by the way. Uh, Again, the goal tonight for uh, Be The Booker is 350 likes. We are about uh, 15 away, so let's see if we can make it happen as I uh, try to back up here on your Super Chats. We go back to the lawman. Ross Lawman with the $12 Super Chat. Crazy to think that Sasha could be involved in... AEW shows next year, but still craziest thing this year, in my opinion, is if Randy Orton can't wrestle anymore, the last person from Evolution to wrestle was Ric Flair. That is pretty crazy. I I expect Randy Orton will be back at some point. I don't think we've seen the last of Randy Orton in the ring, but yeah, think about that. If Randy Orton can't get back in the ring, Ric Flair will go down as the final member of Evolution to set foot in the ring for a match. It's pretty sad. Uh, be calm, see clearly, says Fantasy Book Your Royal Rumble card for next year. I don't like fantasy booking, uh, but I will tell you that it's going to be Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens for the championship. That should be the title match at the Royal Rumble, I believe. And as far as the women's championship match, it's we don't know who the number one contender for Bianca yet is going to be. I believe it will be Alexa Bliss. I think we're going to get Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. Uh, for the Raw Women's Championship, Ronda and Raquel for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and Bray Wyatt and LA Knight possibly in this pitch black match that's been rumored. Whatever that stipulation is, that sounds fucking terrible, but we don't know yet what a pitch black match would even be, so we'll have to wait and see. And then you have your two Royal Rumble matches. It's not a very deep card, <laughs> you know, it's 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 about the Rumble and then your title matches, and that's pretty much it. The The Bray Wyatt match, if there is one, would kind of be the special attraction on the card. Thomas, with the $2 Super Chat, doesn't Giovanni Vinci look like a mini Claudio? A little bit. A little bit. And Thomas, again, with the $10 Super Chat, says, I just wanted to tell you my oldest brother, John, passed away earlier this year, and listening to your podcast helps my depression since he has been gone. Thank you again for everything that you do. Uh, Well, Thomas, I'm very sorry to hear about that. My condolences to you and your family. And I'm very happy, at least, that you can find some solace in the podcast, that it helps you in some way is uh, something that makes me feel very good, so... 
Uh, I'm here every week. I'm here, and uh, anytime you want to stop by, you are more than welcome. Everybody in the chat will welcome you with open arms. We have our own little community here, so thank you, Thomas. GCC 305, here at work, hoping tonight Solomon recovers the Hikaru Shida Regina D-Wave championship match. There's 10 bucks, and as always, thanks for the reviews as I am working overnights at work, brother. No Regina D-Wave uh, review tonight. We had uh, SmackDown. We had predictions. And uh, I have a long day tomorrow. And not doing Rampage tonight saves me an hour. So no Rampage tonight. I'm not saying I won't do Rampage live ever again. Look, I did Rampage on the podcast last Sunday. So for those of you who missed the Rampage reviews, you might want to tune into the podcast because you never know when I may review Rampage. I'm not saying I'm going to review this one. Although... Uh, I did hear really good things about the John Moxley match with uh, Kanosuke Takeshita, so I probably will go back and check that out. Regina D-Wave. Regina D-Wave championship. Uh, Corbin Rogers, have you heard of the Josh Alexander-Mike Bailey match? And if so, are you going to check it out? Uh, it's a long match. I'm going to try. I don't know if I'll have time before I get to the podcast on Sunday. I mean, like I said, I'm going to be gone most of the day tomorrow, and then I got to race home and watch two pay-per-views. So I'm going to try to uh, check it out at some point. I don't know if it'll be before Sunday. But as I am finalizing my list of the top matches of the year, what I think of the matches of the year, I feel like I at least need to watch it to see if it belongs on my list. I don't know if it'll make the cut. But I've heard good things about the match. Uh, Metal Rules 5 with the $20 Super Chat. Hey, Metal Rules, thank you, brother. Good evening, Mr. Monster. In your wildest guest... My wildest guest. Would you agree that there has been over a billion fans that have partook in a WWE live show? I don't think so, no. A billion? I I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. McDonald's used to have the signs up under the arch that said 99 billion served. How long, how long has McDonald's been around for? Because WWE's been putting shows on since the 60s. I still say no. Live in the buildings? I I don't think it's been that many. Uh, Javier Martinez with the 499. I watched a glimpse of NXT level up. And my God, the amount of potential these NXT women have for only wrestling for six months puts Ronda to shame. Yeah, Ronda Rousey has not exactly been lighting the world on fire here during this run. Shin Superkick Akuma. With the $5 Super Chat. Is this the most anticipated and story-driven Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? Or am I wrong? I don't want to be wrong. Uh, yeah, I think you're wrong. I can't call... I mean, no. I mean, I, I... I know that there have been Royal Rumbles and WrestleManias in years past that I have looked forward to far more than this. So, no. I, I don't uh, think that that is a statement that I would make. But if you feel that way, I, I can't tell you that you're wrong. I mean, I don't know how long you've been a fan for. 
Maybe for you, this is the most anticipated. I'm looking forward to the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and how the Bloodline stuff unfolds. I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to it, but I can't tell you it's the most anticipated of all time. I've been watching wrestling a very long time. Isaiah Duzan, $5 Super Chat. What's up, Solo? I can't stay for the whole stream because I'm headed to Pennsylvania early tomorrow to meet The Undertaker and John Moxley. Have a great night. I can't believe he, he just left it like that and didn't explain to me exactly why he is meeting The Undertaker and John Moxley. He makes it sound like he's meeting up with them to have lunch. Now I need to know what this is all about. Thank you, Isaiah. Slim Yoshi, $5 Super Chat. Since my goat, John Cena, is coming back on December 30th, I hope we get some interaction with him and LA Knight. Uh, I would not expect that. LA Knight is... Again, we don't know what happened to LA Knight tonight. LA Knight could be kidnapped. LA Knight is in the middle of feuding with Bray Wyatt. I don't see any interaction with John Cena and LA Knight. Uh, Brandon Turner, thank you for the $5 super chat. Aussie of Steel. Uh, I physically cringe every time Ronda Rousey is on the mic. Yeah, I don't know where that... Uh, the, the whole China shop line was pretty lame. I've, talk, I've talked about Ronda on the mic even before she turned heel. She's fucking terrible. Food Hive. Can't wait to go to Winter is Coming next Wednesday. My first wrestling show ever. I want to meet everybody in Dallas. I am going solo. Well, yeah, I mean, you're based down there. That's right, so... Your first wrestling show ever. I can't believe that. Well, enjoy, brother. You will you will enjoy yourself. Winter is coming. You're going to get to see Ricky Starks against MJF. House of Black. And I know everybody is looking forward to match number four. In the best of seven, carry on, my wayward son. The Elite are going to be back. Take it on Death Triangle. Food Hive's going to be in the crowd with a chef hat on singing, Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more, Smurfette. He'll be singing a ballad for Smurfette. And winter is coming. He, we might get a live marriage proposal in the crowd. I can see Food Hive getting down on one knee. Opposing marriage to Smurfette. Smurfette says no, goes running, screaming out of the building. It's going to be very embarrassing. Uh, James Holland. Uh, how bad is Bray Wyatt's uncle's condition? Uh, it was pretty serious, but apparently now he is stable. And uh, he is doing better than he was uh, a few days ago. So that is good news. Uh, Leatherface, yes, these, uh, these are the, this is a sound off mug, and, uh, it is available. Just go to thesalamonster.com, the very bottom of the link tree. It'll say get mugged. You just click that link and you can order it from there. 
Uh, Slim Yoshi, it's nice that Tegan is finally getting that tag team title match after winning not one but two number one contenders matches last year. Anybody remember? I do remember that. That's right. I don't think that uh, she and Shotzi ever got their shot. She's overdue. Justin Jack, Rampage was fun tonight. Did not watch SmackDown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Mario DeRose with the 999. Buy or sell wrestling in the 80s and 90s against anything else in the history of pro wrestling. Well, I'm a little biased. At that. I mean, there's nothing better than 1980s wrestling. So let's just get that out of the way first. 90s wrestling is a close second. And as far as uh, does anything else in the history of wrestling come close? Look, I'm sure people who watch, you know, it, look, I, I've i gone back and watched a little bit of 90s All Japan because all I've ever heard is, my God, 90s All Japan is the best, right? 90s All Japan. 90s All Japan is fucking great. So if you were an All Japan fan back then, you would say nothing can compare to that, right? It's all a matter of perspective. When did you grow up watching wrestling? And, you know, what what periods are you, you know, most most fond of? For me, it's the 80s and 90s. That's not saying that there was nothing in the 2000s I didn't like. I think 2000 is probably the best year creatively in WWE history. You look at the roster they had back then. You look at some of the storylines and how over everybody was. 2000 may have been their best year. But I'm an 80s guy. I'm an 80s and 90s guy. And there's nothing there's nothing today that can compare. I mean, the, the, the caliber of athlete might be better, but just the style of wrestling, the production, the, the stories, the matches, the commentary, the fucking crowds, we can't ever go back to any of that. But we'll always have, we'll always have the video, we'll always have the network, we'll always be able to go back and watch it. Nothing will ever compare to that. Nothing will ever compare to that. And I know that if you are a lot younger than me and you are a new wrestling fan, you would disagree and think that, you know, John Cena is the best and Roman Reigns is the best and fucking, you know, Ronda Rousey is the best. And I I have pity for these people. I really do. I have pity for these people. Because they will never know what they missed. Rizzo with the $10 Super Chat. Hello, chat and Solomonster. Any thoughts on the Punk to WWE rumors? I know Punk is playing into it, but I find it hard to believe, especially him being back in time for WrestleMania. There is nothing to the rumors. He is leaning into it. He posted a picture on social media from his WWE days, and everybody went nuts, right? He's fucking with you. CM Punk is not uh, signed to WWE. I'm not saying he won't go back there. I'm just saying these rumors that are popping up all of a sudden that he's back or he's on his way back, there's nothing to it. Right now, it's all bullshit. Uh, Become see clearly, why does Turner hate the Briscoes? Like, seriously. Uh, it all goes back to the tweets. 
that uh, Jay Briscoe posted uh, over a decade ago, which he has since apologized for numerous times. Uh, I won't repeat what he said, but it all goes back to those tweets. It's nothing else. Just the tweets he posted uh, about 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, Anthony G, I'm calling it now. New Japan invades Royal Rumble 2022. Hey, you know what I saw outside before I went live tonight? I couldn't believe it. I saw a pig in the air flying. Yeah. Uh, Rooster Loving Man with a 999 Super Chat. With rumors of a Puerto Rico PLE and WWE being interested in more international PLEs, is it possible that the big four plus money in the bank are U.S.-based and all the B-shows become international shows? No, I don't think all the B-shows will be international shows. I think that uh, some of them will, and I think there'll be some additional shows, kind of like the Saudi Arabia shows are in addition to a lot of the other uh, B-level pay-per-views. Uh, we just had a Saudi Arabia show in November, the same month as Survivor Series. So it's kind of like an add-on. I don't I don't see all the B-shows going international. Uh, where does Shingo and Okada... Are you talking about their match from Wrestle Kingdom? Or, God, it's a year ago now. Was it Wrestle Kingdom? Um, you're going to have to wait. The end of every year, I do my top 10 or top 15. It'll be top 15 this year. I've already pretty much have it. I, I pretty much have it set. So I'm kind of hoping after I watch this Josh Alexander match and the uh, FTR match with the Briscoes tomorrow that I don't have to readjust my list. I have a feeling I'm going to have to on the FTR match. But uh, keep your eye on the next few weeks. We'll be doing the whole top 15 wrestler of the year, male wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year, tag team of the year. EJ said, I thought you actually saw a pig outside your place. I said, I saw I saw one fly. King Bling Blah. You say the bloodline turns, I say welcome Sammy Uso. Alright, we'll see. It says Cena enters the Royal Rumble. Logan eliminates him. Cena Rock. No, we're not getting Cena Rock. We're not getting Cena rock. But, you know, the idea of John Cena being in the Royal Rumble, maybe being on SmackDown on the 30th to announce that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble match, that I could see. That I could see. Uh, Rizzo, I despise the elite. And now I hate them even more because I have that damn song in my head. Thanks for singing it. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Isaiah Duzan. Oh, here we go. Take, he's, he's, he's explaining what he meant here. Taker and Moxley will be at Steel City Comic Con. All right. Good. I just had this vision in my head of them, you know, sitting uh, in a diner somewhere having lunch. And then here comes Isaiah, you know, in to join them. That would have been cool. Rizzo says, thoughts on the Warner layoffs today? Any reason to be concerned about AEW? Uh, not right now, no. But uh, definitely a reason for Tony Khan to, uh, you know, pay very close attention to what happens with that. I'm going to have a lot more on that to say on the podcast on Sunday. But as far as right now, at this moment, no. There's no reason at this moment for AEW to pay. Uh, EJ Slamp, Tales from the Territories. 
made me think about who was the MVP of the 70s. To me, there's only one guy, and that is Harley Race. Says uh, Harley Race was the best. Do you agree? I don't know. You know, I didn't really grow up watching wrestling in the 70s, so it's hard to say. They had a lot of had a lot of big names in the 70s. You know, how do I say Harley Race but leave out Terry Funk? You know, as an example, Harley Race is probably uh, a pretty a pretty good choice, though. You know, um, yeah, I don't really have a better one to to throw out there at you right now. I mean, you could say Bruno, but you know, again, Bruno was kind of Bruno was Northeast. Um, yeah, I mean, Harley Harley's a fine choice. I can't really uh, quibble with that. Joseph Brooks with the dollar ninety nine. What Royal Rumble uh, to you had the best final two? Oh, it's hard to go against Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in two thousand seven. I'd probably go 2007. Uh, We have got Food Hive. $5 Super Chat. The Bloodline will kick Sammy out for overstaying his usefulness. So in the Rumble, the Usos eliminate Sammy midway through. And then Cody Rhodes to set up WrestleMania. So the Usos eliminate Cody in the Rumble to set up WrestleMania. Well, I mean, in that scenario, then, Cody would have to win the Elimination Chamber. Cody could lose the Royal Rumble, but still get into the Championship match by winning the Elimination Chamber. So. But I would not do that. I would not have Cody lose the Royal Rumble. Uh, we've got uh, Mr. Give Me... Give me shots here. $2 Super Chat. B or S, buy or sell. Mellow Hayes will be a top three star by 2025. I don't think top three, but I think he'll I think he'll be a top star in WWE. I hesitate to say top three. But he's definitely going to be a top star for them in the future. In, in my opinion, there's no doubt about it. He can't miss if he can stay healthy. There's no reason for him not to be one of their top stars on the main roster. Philip Burnell is a man. Sent 499 Super Chat. This is Juan Ocampo. I changed my name to troll another channel, and now I'm stuck with it two weeks. Wanted to see if John Moxley hates Kevin Dunn. Fuck Kevin Dunn. Yes, he still does. Look at that. Pulling double duty. Moxley wrestling on Rampage and stopping by the channel. I love it. He truly is the MVP of 2022. This guy's everywhere. He even worked sick on Wednesday. Renee was not on the show on Wednesday because she was very sick. Moxley was sick, but he knew that they needed him there, and he showed up, and then they asked him, Hey, you mind wrestling Takeshita? And he said, Sure. Not only that, Wednesday was his birthday. He turned 37 years old. Oxley is the MVP for uh, AEW this year. Well, Juan, you're stuck with that name for two weeks. I, or shall I say Philip? Philip, you're stuck with that name for two weeks. Joseph Brooks with the 499. Do you think that if they do Lesnar and Lashley at WrestleMania, it would be the opener? 
Do you think WWE doesn't see that as a major high-profile rivalry anymore, but they still consider it big enough, uh, a big enough feud? No, I could see that being the opener just because we've seen Brock Lesnar in the opener at WrestleMania before, and I think Brock would love to just wrestle and get the fuck out of there. So, absolutely, I could see Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley as the opener. Yeah, there's a philosophy, and this is kind of why Brock went on first at WrestleMania 35, and that was for the WWE title. The philosophy was, well, because they thought they were going to be in the main event, and then the decision was made that day for the women to go on last, and their philosophy was, if you're not on last, you know, better to be on first. So when I see Brock Lesnar in the opening match of WrestleMania, hell yes, I would. Uh, James Griffin, how would you rebook Raw from 2002 to 2005? I can't possibly answer that. You're asking me to rebook three years of Monday Night Raw? Uh, Here's how I would rebook Raw. There would be no Triple H reign of terror for as long as it went on for. That I can tell you. There would be no Triple H reign of terror the way it played out in 2002 into 2003. Well, really, for most of 2003. Uh, And what else was going on during that period? Because that was during the... SmackDown period, where SmackDown was the A-show. But what else was going on on Raw during that period? I always think of the Triple H run, but I'm trying to think of what else. I remember, you know, Eric Bischoff was the GM, and I remember the stupid, you know, the hot lesbian action stuff. And Yeah, I've, I've tried to block so many things out of my memory from that period. I, I just was not a fan of Raw during that period. SmackDown was the shit, but Raw, I just didn't think Raw was, you know, all that great. Of course, I had a better appreciation for it years later when Raw absolutely sucked. I would have gladly taken back 2002 and 2003 Monday Night Raw. But to sit here and rebook three years of the show, I mean, come on. Uh, BCOM, see clearly I'm gay and it's crazy. I heard even worse. Worse than what? What is that in reference to? What, I need to know what that's in reference to. Uh, Rizzo with the $10 super chat. Maybe it's a lack of sleep, but I never thought Sasha would go to AEW. But now I think it's 50-50. She ends up there, especially with her New Japan appearance. Yeah, I'll be talking about Sasha Banks will be one of the lead stories in the podcast on Sunday. There's, there's too much there to get into uh, right now. Food Hive. Correction. Eliminate Sammy, and then Cody comes to win. I see. Well, that makes more sense. Thomas, I really hope you're wrong about Sammy, but I can see it happening. Well, look, I mean, you know it's coming, right? And I would love for this to drag on a little bit longer, too, but there was some foreshadowing, I think, going on in that segment. Oh, look, there's our boy Braun. Food Hive, I give Shelton the belt and the mega push in 2003. And Amiibo Juice with the $5 Super Chat. One day we will all be super old listening to wrestling podcasts hosted by COVID babies claiming that the 20s and 30s wrestling was the peak. Late 90s forever. 
it is going to be a very weird uh, period to to go back in um, the whole COVID era with the empty arena shows and everything. It's, I have no interest in going back to watch any of that stuff now. Maybe in 10 years, for like novelty purposes, it'll be wild, I think, to go back and look at that. It, it was a moment in time. I mean, think about it. Whatever you thought of that period, just the fact that we lived through a period like that is just fucking insane to me. Thomas is a brand new channel member, a sound off superstar. Thomas, thank you. Thank you for joining the club. Uh, BCOM, see clearly what the Briscoes said. I did not. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. I did not know what that was in, uh, in reference to. Yeah, I mean, what Jay Briscoe said was, was very stupid. Uh, to go on uh, you know, social media and say it in the way that he said it. But, you know, he has multiple times he's come out and apologized and talked about, you know, people can grow, and which is true. Um, and I just think, you know, for them to... And look, it's their network. They call the shots. And so it's their choice. I think it's incredibly dumb to basically blackball him from being able to appear on the AEW shows for that. Uh, But it's their choice to make. Um, It's the reason why the Briscoes never got signed by WWE. And there was WWE interest in them at the time. But those comments just made them completely toxic to to touch. That was so many years ago. It's hard to believe that all this time has gone by and and they're still, you know, in Ring of Honor and... uh, you watch them in the ring they're as good as they've ever been they've had some incredible matches this year not not only in ring of honor but again you know we have them in house of glory so i've had the chance to call briscoe's matches this year and they've been some of the best matches i've seen all year you know the the work they've been putting out is incredible and it's just too bad that more people you know don't have the chance to see it Uh, Rizzo says, Uffman asked a PG version of what Briscoe tweeted, and I explained, so that could be what BCOM was saying. You are uh, quite the tease, by the way, making us wait. Hey, I have a podcast on Sunday. I got the flagship that I got to worry about here. So some of these answers, I can't, plus also, you know, I can't go into the kind of detail that, um, you know, that I want to on the podcast, but you got to, you got to leave some crumbs for the podcast. I mean, come on. Podcast is still my uh, my bread and butter here. I mean, that's that's what started it all. Got to show some love for the for the Sunday sound. But thank you, Rizzo. So we have uh, caught up on your uh, super chats. Thank you, thank you. As always, always uh, good to hang out with you guys and shoot the shit and try to answer as many questions as I can. We have indeed smashed the goal for tonight. The goal was 350. We are now over 400, so I thank you for that. Uh, Again, when you do hit the thumbs up on the video, it's not just a vanity thing. Uh, It does help with the algorithm. It helps get these videos and videos and streams like this better recommended to people, other people on YouTube, which then brings in new subscribers. So when you hit that like button, you are helping out the channel a lot. Thank you for that. And without any further ado... Let's end this week in the only way we know how. Let us be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. A clapstick just came in with a 499 super chat. 
saying MJF is a great heel, but I don't predict a good championship run. He's a good wrestler, but he's more Mr. Perfect or heel Piper than 1980s flair. I mean, you say that like that's a bad thing. What the hell is wrong with Mr. Perfect or a heel Roddy Piper? Sign me up. I don't see what the problem is. Sounds good to me. All right, we begin here with the men. Let's book ourselves some matches. See if uh, Sala Monster can win the Wrestling Observer Booker of the Year Award this year. I think I deserve it. I think I deserve Booker of the Year and the Observer for all these uh, matches that I've been booking over these past many months. We begin with the Macho Man, Randy Savage, one of the many reasons to love 1980s wrestling. And 90s. So colorful. Like, you don't have anybody like this anymore. Right? What happened to the wrestlers like the Macho Man? What happened to people like this? All right, let's see who the Macho Man is going to be wrestling. I hope it's somebody that you would never expect him to get into the ring with. A, a totally unique match for Randy Savage. I want someone he's never set foot in the ring with before. Be the Macho Man one-on-one with Kane. And not only Kane, it's the Kane, not that fucking uh, Kane that we picked on the uh, last Be the Booker. This is the night that Kane debuted at Hell in a Cell. That's gotta be Kane. Look at this badass. Ripped the door right off its hinges. Kane and the Macho Man. That's a fucking main event right there. On any card back in the day, that's a main event. Starting out hot. Starting out hot. That's a hell of a match, actually. The original Kane against the Macho Man Randy Savage. On the women's side, we begin with Nyla Rose. It'll be Nyla Rose going one-on-one with Soccer Mom Bailey. Looks just like a soccer mom here in this photo. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't like that match. So I'm going to move on to the tag teams. Everybody loves tag team wrestling, right? Except Vince McMahon. Everybody loves tag team wrestling. We begin with these guys again. (laughs) I feel like I've landed on these guys so many times. The dynamic dudes. Look at this. Johnny Hotpants here on the right. Dean Douglas on the left. And uh, the kid from Bad Santa here in the middle. The Dynamic Dudes taking on Batman and Robin. Hell yeah! Adam West, baby! Adam West. You know, this was the 1960s Batman. But I used to watch this all the time when I was a kid. 
So we talk about Michael Keaton as Batman. We talk about uh, Christian Bale and Val Kilmer, and people talk about Ben Affleck, or they talk about uh, who's the who's the uh, the most recent Batman? I forgot his name. Robert Pattinson, right? He's Batman. Been a lot of Batmans over the years, but uh, Adam West needs to be in that conversation. Look at this. And you know who Robin was, right? So Robin's name was, right? Dick. I'm just saying. Yeah, it was syndicate. Of course it was syndication. I, I was not watching the show when it originally aired. Not that old. Yes, that was uh, that was syndication. We have EJ Slemp. Just like Kurt, you are a hero to America's youth. Oh, that's a dangerous comment to make. I do feel like I am a uh, a great role model for America's youth here. He's a very patriotic here. We are very patriotic. It is Kurt Angle's birthday, so it's only appropriate, or it was anyway, as of five minutes ago it was. You have no idea. Like, literally, five minutes before I was going live tonight, I said, wait a minute. I have that shirt that Kurt was wearing on TV tonight. I said, it's, it's over 20 years old, but I know I didn't throw it away. I got it somewhere. And I was digging, throwing shit all over the place. And sure enough, there it is. And I'm like, my God, this thing is humongous. That's <laughs> like a muumuu on me. And it wasn't even like I was that big back in the day. But I went through this phase where I was buying everything extra large. So a lot of the old wrestling shirts that I kept, I have the original Austin 316 shirt. I have... Oh my god, like the old Raw's War logo shirt. Um, uh, there were a bunch of Austin shirts, but just I, I have a lot of that stuff. I kept some of it. And they're all extra large. So if like if I even if I want to wear them to the gym or something just to work out in, it just looks completely ridiculous on me. It's just it's like hanging off of me. But uh now here we go. This is Kurt right here. Can't see it. It says it has Kurt's name on the bottom. There you go. Kurt Angle. I love it. We love Kurt. Uh, Food Hive chimes in. I have the complete 60s Batman series on Blu-ray. You have the Smurfs on Blu-ray too, don't you? Yeah, you do. He's got the he's got all the seasons of the Smurfs too. No, that's very cool. He's got the 60s Batman. So what, what kind of extras do they have on that Blu-ray? They have any uh, outtakes? Rizzo says, young Rizzo had a major crush on the first Catwoman, Julie Newmar. Oh, I had a massive crush on uh, Michelle Pfeiffer when she was Catwoman. Oh, my God. Power Spine Games with the two bucks. At least we landed on the Batman and Robin image. Yes, that was the first time. Uh, First time that we landed on it. Uh, what do I think of the whole R. Kelly? All I saw was that I guess he came out with an album and they pulled it. And whatever. R. R. Kelly's a piece of shit. Like I, I have no thoughts on the R. Kelly situation other than uh, I have no interest in talking or talking about or thinking about R. Kelly. Solid Monster went through his Allen Iverson phase. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Hive says, rest in peace to the goat Catwoman, Eartha Kitt. That's right, at Eartha Kitt. Many, many years ago, playing Catwoman. It was on the show, right? It was on the 60s uh, TV show. 
Uh, is it sad for me that I started watching wrestling regularly during the invasion angle? No, I mean, why would that be sad? There was still uh, a lot of great wrestling going on at that time. I have nothing to be uh, nothing to be sad about. You know, there's going to be people who one day are going to turn around and say, I grew up watching the Sala Monster on YouTube. That's really scary. That's really scary. I get emails now from people telling me they still listen to the podcast and they started listening when they were in, uh, you know, elementary school, junior high school. Now they're in high school or they were in high school. And now they're they're not only out of college, but they're they've got a family and they're in their thirties, and it's it's crazy. It's just crazy how time passes by. Uh, Fifteen years though, it's a long time. HBKC eighty three thoughts on the Mets uh, landing Justin Verlander. Uh, I talked about that on Monday during the Raw stream. If you want to uh, go back and listen to all of that, but we traded one Cy Young winner for another, and we get. Kate Upton coming to New York. So I, I say it's a, a win-win. Demolition with the 499 Super Chat. He has the number one in there. See, that makes him cool. Demolition. I've been listening since high school uh, in 2015. Now I have graduated college, and I have a family, and I am, a ma- I am married. LOL. It's crazy. It's crazy, but I'm I'm very happy that you are still listening. Joseph Brooks with a nine at ninety nine. There's a baby Russo on a pole. That that super chat that's like an OG super chat. It's still one of my favorites. Uh, do you think someone built like LeBron James could be a wrestler? A guy six foot eight and two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's back in the eighties. I mean, you would have an entire roster full of people like that. If they work for Vince McMahon, six foot eight, 250 pounds, he'd be the fucking champion right now. If he could work, if he could work and he had charisma at that size, he'd be the champion for the next five years. Uh, Dan Teller with the $5 super chat. Roman beats Rock for no title at WrestleMania Night 1. Cody beats Roman for the titles at WrestleMania Night 2. Uh, thank you. I could tell that you listened to the podcast last week. You have just regurgitated the exact scenario that I presented on the sound of. You, Dan, are smart men. Because right now, I think that is the scenario that makes the most sense. Not only that, but if you do it that way, Right? And the idea that, well, why would you do Rock on the first night and not the second night? I mean, look, they had Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event of WrestleMania on Saturday this year. (laughs) So it's not that far-fetched to think that Rock would go on first. But you come back the next night, and Cody is just up against the entire bloodline here. The Usos are interfering. Solo Sokoa is interfering. And that's when Rock comes back out. To counteract the bloodline and beat those guys away so that it can be a fair fight one-on-one between Roman and Cody. No Usos, no bloodline, no wise man, and Cody wins the championships. So, yes, it makes sense. I think that scenario makes a lot of sense. 
But we're also assuming Rock is going to wrestle, right? We still don't know if Rock is going to. Rock has to let them know in about a month whether or not he's going to wrestle on that show. Because Triple H needs to start finalizing plans for WrestleMania. And he can't be waiting on Rock until the very last second. EJ Slamp, ironically, I started watching wrestling religiously in October of 2007 when I was 10. Right when the sound off started. Next week, I'll be turning 26. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, November of 2007 was the very first episode. It's been a wild ride. I know Bliss fan in the chat is just... Staying true to his belief that Bray Wyatt is going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. I think that uh, Bliss fan is going to be in for some heartbreak. He seems dead set on this idea. Meanwhile, we have not even seen Bray Wyatt have a single match yet. So I don't know why you believe that Bray is going to be the person to take the titles from Roman Reigns, but uh, I believe you are wrong. George says, I don't think The Rock would pass the steroid test. As if The Rock would be tested. Come on. We've heard WWE, or we've heard it said about WWE. Actually, no, I think they've actually said it before. That the the part-timers, when they come in, they don't get tested. Rock didn't get tested the first two times. With the first two matches against Cena, you think he would be tested now? What makes you think The Rock would be tested? They're not testing The Rock. They're not testing Logan Paul or fucking Bad Bunny when he comes in for for anything, any kind of performance-enhancing stuff. Undertaker, when he would come in for his one match a year at WrestleMania, you think he was being tested? Give me a break. Uh, HBKC83. I'll definitely go back and check out the Raw stream. Also, what should have been Bret Hart's first feud coming out of Starcade? In 1997. Well, I think his first feud was with Ric Flair, right? They had a match, I think, at uh, Sold Out in January of 98, I want to say. I mean, that's a pretty big name. And he, and he won. I know he beat Flair. So that was, I mean, that was fine. Um, trying to think, you know, Sting was occupied with Hogan at that point. Goldberg was still getting hot. Well, we'll keep Goldberg away from Brett. I'm just trying to remember on the heel side who the top heels were outside of Hogan and the NWO crew at the very beginning of 98. I, I don't remember all of them. So I thought Flair was a fine first feud for him, but I'd have to go back and, and just remind myself who the uh, top heels were on the roster at that time. Uh, God of Seduction with the $5 super chat. Thoughts on RR versus RR? Sound like a pirate. Rhea beating Rousey. Thoughts on Rhea's potential as a major draw. She seems to have a big fan base already and very straight. She has a very uh, thirsty fan base is what she has. Um, Rhea being the one to beat Ronda Rousey, I don't see it. Right now they're two heels and I don't see any reason, frankly, to change either one of them. Ronda sh- shouldn't be a babyface right now. Rhea is doing great. I wouldn't change anything about what she's doing. Eventually, she'll be a babyface again. 
and I think a big one. I think she absolutely has uh, major uh, star appeal. She's only going to get bigger as far as her star is concerned. But uh, Rhea and Rousey right now? No, I don't think the time is right for that. I would not uh, mix Ronda Rousey up with uh, Rhea Ripley. I'd leave Rhea alone. Rhea's doing well. Let's not let's not go there. Clapstick seventy seven with the four ninety nine. Ric Flair, Macho Man, Roddy Piper, Dusty Rhodes are the true Mount Rushmore of wrestlers who live their true characters. Bret Hart too. Not a bad Mount Rushmore. It's not my Mount Rushmore, but uh, it's not a bad one at all. And Dan Teller. Roman's wrestling heritage against Cody's wrestling heritage makes the most sense to me. Yeah, the question is, can they tell that story effectively? Does booking Roman on both nights of WrestleMania, if that's what they do, take away from the Cody story? I think there's a way to do it where it doesn't. Uh, Because here's the thing, you know, Rock, Rock is not going to be on television every week. You see what they did with Kevin Owens and Steve Austin this year. Austin never showed up on Raw. Not once. There was a video he sent in. That was it. Kevin Owens had to go out there on TV every week. You didn't have to do much. Just the idea that Austin was going to be at WrestleMania, right? Because they didn't even announce that it was going to be a match. But Owens went out there every week and he cut promos on himself, basically. If Rock is going to be doing WrestleMania, he's not doing television more than maybe once or twice at the most, right? He's a busy guy. He's a busy guy anyway, but he's launching a football league next year. He's got a lot of shit going on. So if you're not going to have Rock on TV, at least then you have the Cody uh, program that you can fall back on because Cody's going to be there every week. And Cody can be there cutting promos on Roman, and Roman can be there going face-to-face and cutting promos on Cody. So it might not be so bad because you have one guy who's going to be like an absentee uh, star in a way. And then Cody's the full-time guy who can be there and really sell the match. Any other year, if you had two full-time guys and Roman was working both nights, I feel like one might take away from the other. Uh, But I I think there's a way to make it work. It's not an ideal situation to be in, but this is a mess they caused by not uh, de-unifying the titles before WrestleMania. Now they're talking about doing it after Mania. They should have done it months ago so that going into Mania, we didn't have this issue. But it's too late now. But I can envision a scenario where Cody wins both belts. And obviously the one that means the most to him is the WWE title. right? He talked about his father having it taken away from him. So if the idea is to split the belts after WrestleMania, Cody can win both belts. And if he has to give one up, it's the WWE title that means the most to him. The Universal title is vacated and you have a tournament on SmackDown to crown a new champion. It's very simple. And if they have a draft, as I said last week, then you have a built-in excuse to go ahead and and announce that the championships are being split. There you go. Simple as that. All right, one last look at the poll. Uh, This SmackDown was a a decent show, not a great show. 55.7% thumbs up. 17% 17% thumbs down. At Solomonster on Twitter is the place that you can go and vote in all these polls. And I appreciate you uh, doing so. 
Tomorrow, again, NXT, Ring of Honor. Uh, I won't be live, but I will be covering everything there is to cover on episode 786 this Sunday. I hope you will join me then. You will download, you will stream, you will support. And uh, I will be back next with you live on Monday night. We will be talking Monday Night Raw. Or shall I say after this week, mundane Night Raw. Hopefully Triple H can ratchet up the excitement on these shows because he's... uh, He's falling off a cliff the last few weeks with Monday Night Raw. I don't know what happened. But uh, he's someone's got a lot of fire under his ass here. And uh, hopefully Raw will be a better show this upcoming week. Be well. Stay safe. Have yourselves a great weekend. Thank you for all the likes, the love, the super chats. You guys are awesome. And uh, we'll do it all again Monday night. Until then, take care, guys.